This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. True love is the greatest thing in the world. Except for a nice MLT, a mutton lettuce and tomato sandwich when the mutton is nice and lean and the tomatoes are ripe. They're so perky. I love that. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's The Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. Today, we're rolling out the red carpet for the guy who's sharing how inflation affects you on a very real basis through your stomach. It's Len Penzo. In our headlines, last week, the USA had its debt downgraded. How does that affect your money? We'll share. Plus, we'll throw out the Haven Lifeline to a lucky stacker looking for help. And then I'll share some particularly sudsy trivia. And now, two guys who are ready to shake up the financial world by fighting over bologna sandwiches. It's Joe and O J J J J G. I'm so sad because it's been so long since I've had a bologna sandwich. OG, have you had a bologna sandwich any time in the past decade? No, but I saw a um, meme the other day that was like two pieces of white bread with a thing of bologna in it and a slice of American cheese. You know, it was just like the cross section of the yeah. sandwich, and it yeah. said said something like, "The roof of my mouth is already stuck," or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I saw that too recently. <laughs> just Actually, I think looking T- at it, I think Gertrude might have posted that. That oh, I well, think maybe I that's where I saw it. Maybe yeah. that's where I saw it. I saw a pretty funny one that just similar. It was a graham cracker and a marshmallow at a swingers party, and there's there's a little bar of chocolate on the other sofa, and they're like, "We have a proposition for you." <laughs> Time for a three-way. I thought that was spectacular. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Food Jokes for the Win podcast. I'm Joe Salci. Hi, Average Joe Money on Twitter. And the guy helping me narrate one of our most popular episodes every year, the Len Penzo Sandwich Survey episode, is Mr. OG. How are you, man? I love me some sandwiches. Yes. Sandwich. Len Penzo, every year, every year, shows us how inflation truly hits your wallet, and it's always quirky. It's always fun, just like Mr. Penzo himself. And so we're excited about that. But first, a little more sad, 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 sad uh, headline. Uh, But even before that, OG... What is your favorite thing to put on a sandwich? 
Hmm, that's a good question. Probably. This episode sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to start the start the ad there. What were you saying? Oh, it's, well, after, well, let me think. Definitely it's going to be. Well, now you got your to-do list, don't you? You're ready to go dive in and be better at money than you were an hour ago when you started listening to the show. And you know what? For a great partner, become a member at Navy Federal Credit Union because becoming a member at Navy Federal could help you earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you could start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Considering a big home improvement project, maybe you want to consolidate debt. Well, when you're thinking about debt, as I've said before, a lot of people have debt. Very few people have a debt strategy. Well, with Navy Federal, you could borrow up to 100% of your home equity with a fixed rate home equity loan with zero closing cost or easily borrow as you go with a home equity line of credit. Make the plan, choose the best option because both options could help make life's big expenses seem more manageable. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required, terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. Oh, I'm sorry. We didn't mean to have the ad right over that. Man, that's gross. How do you do that on a sandwich? 20 bucks is 20 bucks. It's amazing. <laughs> OG is here. Doug's here. We got Len Penzo upstairs talking to mom right now. So let's uh, let's get you headline. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our stacking Benjamin's headlines. Our headline today comes to us from MarketWatch and frankly, just about everywhere else. This is written by uh, Vivian Lu Chen. How Fitch downgrade might impact Treasury's $1 trillion third quarter borrowing plans. Vivian writes, Fitch ratings decision last week to cut U.S. government's top AAA rating ahead of the quarterly refunding statement from the Treasury has left investors, analysts, and officials weighing the likely impact on the agency's $1 trillion third quarter borrowing plans. I don't want to get into an economic slash what ends up always being a political discussion on the state of the debt and our Congress's inability to create a balanced budget. I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about our own budget, OG. So the first thing is, why does the downgrade, a lot of people don't understand this, and I just want to define it for people, why this was such a headline last week. Why does a downgrade actually affect their plans at the Treasury Well, it's very similar to what happens if your credit score goes down, right? Like if all of a sudden you need to borrow money and your credit score isn't now what it once was, then it's going to cost you more to borrow that money. 
And that's going to affect your personal cash flow and balance sheet and all that other sort of stuff because now more of your payment goes to interest, less goes to principal. You know, the payment could be higher. There's a lot of different kind of downstream effects of that. And because it's the government, they borrow money all the time, like every day, as a matter of fact, or every week. So if all of a sudden they're not as as credit worthy as they once was, uh, that interest rate is going to kind of nudge up a little bit, which is going to have, you know, effects in terms of cash flow. You have to then, and since we're running at a deficit, it kind of sort of means that we sort of have to borrow more money to pay more money. It's weird. I found when I talk to people about their money, OG, the different feelings have different people, different feelings have different people, different people have different feelings, maybe a little bit of both about their debt load and about the interest rate they pay. So some people I feel like think, oh, having some debt at 18, 20, 22% is absolutely normal. And yet the amount of extra money they have to pay, even if let's say they have $5,000 of credit card debt, right? Um, the amount of extra money they pay, I mean, that that can very quickly end up to being a lot of stuff you can't do, almost like you know we're having this discussion on the government's uh, rating. I've been completely debt-free one time in my adult life, and that was after we moved to Texas. We rented an apartment for a couple of years, or just over a year, actually. Didn't have a mortgage payment, didn't have a car payment, didn't have any credit card bills. And it was mind-boggling to me how much money actually goes out just in interest payments. And mm-hmm. even if from a standpoint of the affordability, right? You can say, well, I can, I can afford the 25% of my gross income being on my house payment, or I can afford this car payment or whatever. The cash flow that just vaporizes from your, it's just, it's really, unless you've ever been on the other side of it, it's so like built into our cultural norms of, well, you always have a house payment. You always have a car payment. You know, We just I, get attuned to it. I got my car paid off. It's old. I need a new one. So I'm going to go get another car payment. And so we're just so accustomed to that or, ah, so what? I got to carry over some credit card balances month to month. Who cares? You know, You're like I got to keep, keep the gravy train going. But when, when you eliminate move, that stuff, yeah. it frees up opportunity for all sorts of other things. You know, I mean, just look at how much money you paid interest to the bank. It's, it's mind boggling. When we moved back to Texarkana, took out a mortgage on the house, didn't nail the timing. So uh, my interest rate is uh, three and a quarter percent. So I didn't hit it right at the bottom, but baby, we got very close. Pretty close, right? But I still, OG, to your point, one of my favorite things to do is to look every month at how much of that payment I'm about to pay is going to go to interest. That's your favorite thing to do? It is my favorite because it makes me because <laughs> it makes me angry and it makes me always put more money toward it. And for people yeah. going, wait a minute, that's not a great mathematical equation. Anger is a great motivator. Yeah. We're the same way. Ours is ours is at two and a half percent at 15 years. So we are making some pretty good progress along the way. And then I uh, was fortunate enough to be able to have purchased a condo for my mom. And we did not nail the interest rate on that timing. That was uh, a, a solid six and a third interest rate. And two months into it, it was kind of the same deal. It was like, oh, your payment's 1500 bucks. 115 of those dollars are principal. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, no, I can't do this. Like I have to figure out a way to make it so that at least I'm making as much progress as the bank. That's how I look at it. It's like the bank's getting some love. I get it that that's their risk and sure. you know that's their business for for hooking me up with a $200,000 loan. But but I don't want them to do any better than me. <laughs> so right. like, I'm like I'm like whatever their interest is, I got to pay in principal. So I try to do that. I don't I'm not successful every month, but but that's a major yeah. goal of ours. Yeah, I love watching every time I make a payment, looking at the month before what the interest was and then what the what the interest is this month every month trying to bring that number down yeah. as fast as I can. So I get off the banks. Uh, I, d- I don't become part of uh, 
their cash machine. I don't want to be on the bank's uh, cash machine. Speaking of that, though, let's talk about people that have big debt, because I'm sure, OG, you've recommended to people to roll their debt together into maybe a new mortgage or a home equity loan or whatever to get those uh, payments lower. Um, In the past, you get tax deductibility, not the case for a lot of people anymore. However, you know, where do you stand now on if somebody's listening to this and they've got a bunch of debt at higher rates, even higher than mortgages are now, changing their mortgage so that they get a lower interest rate in aggregate than they had on their debt in the past? Well, if anybody's bought a house in the last, I don't know, let's say five years, you're probably, you're probably stuck with that mortgage, right? In fact, there was an article in the Wall Street Journal a couple of weeks ago that I read that there's a rise of seller financed properties in terms of selling land contract type deals, because it's like, I want to buy this house, but the interest rate's so high, I can't pull it off. And the current owner doesn't necessarily want to give up the property so we can lease it, we can land contract it out. And I'm giving you a good deal and I'm getting a good deal in terms of cash flow because of the high interest. So we're seeing a rise in those as, as interest rates have become uh, a lot higher. But if you're if you've got a reasonable mortgage, I don't know that I like the idea of refinancing the house to roll everything together. You know, you're kind of throwing the baby out with the bathwater there. I, I I would see if there's an opportunity to, you know, maybe do a home equity line of credit, which you know, if you're going to try to consolidate stuff, that's still going to be a better rate than consumer debt. And the reality is, is that you just have to pay it off. You know, if you pay the same payment that you're that you're paying now, even with a better interest rate it's still going to take forever to pay off. So you have to make an aggressive plan to pay off your debt, regardless of what the interest rate is. That's the icing on the cake is, all right, let's see if we can drive this interest rate down a little bit. But what happens all too often is that that interest rate gets lowered, the payment gets lowered, and then we pay that lower payment. And then the extra just kind of gets folded into cash flow, or God forbid, buys more debt with it. So you have to be really careful with consolidating debt because you can consolidate it and then end up with more debt yeah. three years later. Step one is always consolidate the debt. Step two is figure out how much money you saved and make that an automatic payment into some savings that you that is kind of hard to touch. Well, saving or, or continue paying that larger payment on the debt to get Good it paid point. off the faster. Snowball, yeah, snowball it down. And also, by the way, make that automatic. Make that extra payment automatic. Because if you tell yourself, yeah, I'm going to... I'm going to pay the the difference, right? I'm going to yeah, pay this extra. I promise. Your brain will always come up with some reason why you need that money this month and you'll just do it next month until right. you get to the point where it's folded into your lifestyle and you never do it. Yeah. We'll talk about debt strategies in tomorrow's 201. That's our newsletter where we take these discussions to the next level with uh, a bunch of great curated links and ideas so that you can implement the stuff we take, we talk about on the show. This isn't just about knowing what to do. It's about actually doing it. 201 helps you do that. Stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Our newsletter comes out twice a week and uh, and it's always free. Coming up next, we were so excited. It's that time again. Len Penzo back a year later. And all we've talked about the last year's inflation. How much has it affected the average sandwich that you take to school, you take to work, that you have uh, with mom in the kitchen like we do, we're about to find out. And one of those, the egg salad sandwich, OG, the price of eggs, been in the news for a long time. Are we going to see, was there a big bounce between this time last year and this time right now? We are about to find out. But before we get there, uh, Doug, 
what do we got on tap for our trivia today? Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. You know, absolutely nobody has brought up the elephant in the room. And that's that Len Penzo's coming down here with lots of sandwiches. And this place is a pig sty. Now, per the best practices document I just drew up, before a guest comes down to the basement, especially one bearing food, it is important to not only be ready with an empty stomach and a can-do attitude, you also need to achieve a clean, sterile workplace. Which is why, in the spirit of this whole thing, I'm sharing some washing machine trivia. Here's the question. What's the most popular washing machine brand according to Statistica.com? I'll be back right after I go upstairs and inspect Lent sandwich choices so I know they taste good enough to bring down to the basement. Stackers, you've heard the bad news. Mint is shutting down. If you've been using Mint to manage your finances, well, there is some good news. There's a better alternative. Monarch Money, it's what Cheryl and I use to manage our money. I, as you know, advocate a weekly meeting and Cheryl and I live by that weekly meeting. We sometimes miss it, but we get back on the horse and half the reason is, is because we consistently get updates and reminders from uh, Monarch money. I'm a notifications off kind of guy, but with Monarch, I want to see the notifications because it helps us collaborate We have our goals right next to the short-term spending that we have when we open up the app so we can see exactly what we're truly going for. And, you know, compare that thing in the moment that we want with what's the long-term goal. It's truly the next generation of personal finance apps. If you've been frustrated that there's ads all over your app or it's difficult to use or doesn't get updated, the Monarch people were too. And that is why they built a new kind of personal finance app that is intuitive, powerful, ad-free, and constantly improving based on customer feedback. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, your investments, your transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now you'll get an extended 30-day free trial when you head to monarchmoney.com slash benjamins. That's monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. You're going to get to kick the tires for 30 days, which I absolutely love because you want to make sure that it's for you. And I think the longer you use it, the more you will see, like I did, that uh, it's intuitive. Number one, it has this very simple design that makes it easy to set up, customize, and use. It's easy to collaborate. Uh, Cheryl has her login. I have mine. We can set up how we want. And You can send it to your financial advisor as well to have them have a login, anybody who's on your team. And you know what? No extra fee for that, which is amazing. It's all customizable, customer-focused, ad-free privacy you can trust. They'll never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. So after trying out Monarch for myself, I get why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now... You can try too with an extended 30-day free trial. All you have to do is go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech 
For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com slash deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com slash deals. stackers i'm food inspector and turkey club connoisseur joe's mom's neighbor doug we have big problem stackers big problems apparently len left the sandwiches and i quote at home what a tease how are we supposed to independently verify the results of his study if we aren't trying out the ingredients looks like i gotta call todd back at the sizzler and beg for the corner table in the bar area as soon as we're done recording and if i have my way len's picking up the tab well, I might as well follow through on today's trivia and get you an answer. Here was the question. What's the most popular washing machine brand in the USA bringing in lots of Benjamins for the manufacturer? The answer? Whirlpool. Get it right? Hope so. Now we're going to spin cycle to our guest, the guy talking inflation and sandwiches, Len Penzo. I can't believe a year's gone by since we did this last time, but you know what, with all the inflation we had this year, I got to say, I have been looking forward to it. Well, even without the inflation, I'm looking forward to it so much. Len Penzo's back. How are you, man? I am phenomenal. And you know what, before we get started, I just, uh, I saw something the other day that, you know, made me think and basically it said um, that the earth, you know, the earth is like what, 70% water. Okay. Heard, right. It's the, the yeah. great majority yeah. of its water and almost 99. 9% of that water is not carbonated, which actually means if you think about it, that the earth really is flat. <laughs> you had to think about that one for a Oh, no, no, no. I, no, 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 no. I didn't have to think about it. I had to go, holy crap. <laughs> this dude's a ninja. This guy is a ninja. You know, it's funny. I thought of you because... We were in Minnesota, of course. Cheryl wants to go to all the national parks, so we were we went to Duluth, which is beautiful. If you're in Duluth, next time we're there, we'll have a meetup. But we didn't do it this time. I just wanted to hang out, see the town. They have a beautiful train museum. Number one, just incredible train museum. And I got to, the best part of the train museum was they have all the china that they ate on in all the old railroads. And so when people took the railroads and and, and dude, the stuff it was so beautiful. The, the Union Pacific stuff, the Santa Fe stuff, the great Northern Rail stuff, just, it was, it was amazing. Yeah, it was very high class, high end stuff back then. Yeah, that was taught the, the only so way to travel. Yeah. But the reason I thought of that also because of this uh, horrible joke you just told me was that, <laughs> was that we went to this old mansion and they have this shark they built uh, because it's right on Lake Superior and you can sit in these Adirondack chairs and it says, take your picture with the shark. The shark belongs to a club that meets there, and the purpose of the club is to keep Lake Superior shark-free, which they've done successfully since inception wow. of the club. No sharks at all in uh, Lake Superior, Interesting. thanks to this club. Yeah. I had no idea that there were even... A, well, are there sharks in Lake Michigan? Are there sh sharks in... A... No. <laughs> They're all freshwater. 
<laughs> so I, I thought you know what though there are sharks sharks you've seen the sharks that go upstream like 20 30 miles they've i mean sure. sharks can handle fresh water i mean they can use the, yeah. yeah so it's not yeah. out of the realm i guess no just apparently they don't like to live there but anyway okay. everybody's like when you're going to talk sandwiches <laughs> we are oh, going to talk related it's tuna tuna is part of this one of the sandwiches it right? is we are going to talk about and, and there's some movement in the tuna universe yes well, there there is some we'll tell you that but before we get to that let's talk uh uh for our stackers who are brand new to this survey how did this evolve how did it begin what was the genesis well, a long time ago, many we're fifteen. This is the fifteenth year I've done this survey. If you can believe, that. I mean that's that in itself. I can't believe when I started this, I would be still doing this fifteen years later. But way back when, my kids were smaller and they were getting into school, and uh, I wanted to know, you know, was the school lunch, you know, was it cheap? Was it really cheaper to to brown have them brown bag it every day, put the with the little bag of chips and the piece of fruit and the sandwich, or was it cheaper to go through the school lunch? And so I started the survey. Because a school lunch doesn't seem that expensive. It's not. When you look at just one day. Actually, it's really strange. You know, school lunches, the cost is actually, when you adjust it for inflation, it's come down. And I don't know if that's because the government's been subsidizing it more and more, but uh, it's been like stuck at, the average price of a school lunch has been stuck at three fifty for the past few years now. So Wow. Anyway, so that's why I started doing it. And of course, the first year I looked and it's like, oh my gosh, it was, it was actually substantially cheaper, uh, you know, making your own lunch for your kids. So that answered the question. And then I figured, well, hey, I should make a blog post out of this. And I did. And, and uh, you know, then uh, after a few years, it actually, CBS News in LA uh, picked it up. And, uh, you know, then from there, I was like, well, I got to keep going now. You know, there was, <laughs> so I've been doing it ever since. And it has been fascinating every single year. It's been absolutely fascinating to see what how it reflects the inflation in America. It is. It's it's my favorite way to look at inflation. It's inflation that hits all of us right in the pocketbook. And the interesting thing, though, getting back to the school lunch or even the work lunch, because a lot of places, you know, we had a cafe downstairs when I was with American Express, and I could either eat there or I could eat. But it's also generally healthy. I, a lot of times I'm going to make better decisions uh, if I'm pre-packing my lunch, like, you know, one of the first things my coach did, my diet coach did was she said, pre-plan your meals when you're not hungry so that A, you'll feel guilty if you don't eat them and B, you're going to make smarter choices than on the fly. So I think there's a lot of health reasons to take your lunch as well, Len. Oh, bye. absolutely. And I'll be honest, some of those school lunches, you look at those school lunches and you're just like, I mean, they're, supposedly they're supposed to be healthy, but boy, if, you, if you've seen pictures of them, they don't, they don't look very, they don't look appetizing. That's for sure. I remember at the time I thought a lot of grease on that little pizza square was really good. Yeah. Oh my gosh, those are great. I mean, I don't know about you. well, you're pretty you're almost as old as me, not quite, but I mean, I'm old enough where we had moms baking the homemade pizzas uh, every Friday in the cat school cafeteria. Yeah. They were making yeah. them for the kid and oh, they were so good. Ours was this big square thing and it was about a quarter inch thick. I mean, it was yeah. really thin yeah, crust. Same. Yeah. And just uh, greasy as all get out, which, by the way, <laughs> was magnified in college when I was hungover or it was 3 a.m. Like greasy pizza was good. Now I look at that and I'm like, I ate that. I can't <laughs> believe I ate that. All right. There are lots of sandwiches here on the list. Tell us what sandwiches make up the survey. OK, so the sandwiches in the survey, I guess I'll, for suspense purposes, I'll put them in no particular order. We have uh, American cheese. We have turkey and Swiss uh, egg salad. Uh, ham and Swiss, roast beef and cheddar. Uh, did I say salami? Tuna salad. Salami. 
Yeah, the world-famous BLT, and of course, the tried-and-true Bologna and PB&Js. So that's 10 sandwiches in all. I'm not sure if you said it, but the American cheese sandwich, which one of our commenters said, feeding your kid a cheese sandwich is borderline child abuse. (laughs) So I don't know if anybody's ever... So yes, you brought that up. You've brought that up before. (laughs) And, uh, and, And that's not the first person who said that. And what I always say is, you know what? There's nothing wrong... I love cheese sandwich, but grill it. I mean, it doesn't change the sandwich. Grill the cheese. I mean, who doesn't love a grilled American cheese, grilled cheese? It's the same sandwich. So just I had one. I had one yesterday. It was adult abuse. I adult abused myself yesterday (laughs) by having one. It was horrible. I cried the whole time I ate it. Well, and I don't know about you, but I'm the type of person. My grilled cheese. I got to have tomato on my grilled cheese. So I mean, you can you can elevate mm, it with a piece, you know, a mm. slice of tomato or two, and it's just phenomenal. It's phenomenal. We shouldn't do this while I'm hungry. So now you look at the individual ingredients of each of these sandwiches, and that's where we're going to start. Historically, uh, the different ingredients on this list, we got peanut butter, strawberry jelly, American cheese, Swiss cheese, cheddar cheese, salami, ham, bologna, bacon, roast beef, turkey, uh, albacore, tuna, large tomato, lettuce, large eggs, wheat bread, mustard, mayo. Do you go by the same brand every time to make sure that you get the inflation right? Is it Whichever your eye catches first, how do you decide uh, what to yeah. what to buy at the supermarket? Well, so what I do have always done uh, from day one, the way it works is I take the cheapest, the very cheapest in terms of servings per container, whatever is available. So the brands, if, if one brand's on sale one year and it's the cheapest one, uh, that's the one I go with. The, the, because I'm figuring if you're shopping, you're going to be, you know, you want to save money, you're going to naturally go with the best the lowest price, regardless the of value. brand. There's no brand. There's no brand loyalty here. So okay. it's the cheapest in terms of servings per container, and that for the most part it never changes. It's usually the store brand. Usually, there on rare occasion, you know, a national brand will outdo the store brand on a certain. But ninety percent of the time, it's it's a store brand, and it's usually the largest container size too. I need to start then, Len, with the elephant in the room because you have uh, eggs <laughs> and, yeah. and all the jokes, all the memes we've seen the past year on eggs. Let's talk about over the last year, what's happened with the price of eggs. Well, here's the thing with eggs. Eggs, I have found over the years, it's really local. It's a local thing. I mean, I get emails from people when I do these services. Say, well, gosh, you said the price of eggs you know, doubled this year and at where I live, they didn't, you know, they've they've stayed pretty much level. Well, it's because the local egg farms, they're affected by, you know, local issues, you know, whether it's a, um, you know, sick birds or, or whatever the weather that makes them not lay as many eggs. I don't know, but it tends to be a very local thing. So again, all I can do is for the eggs is I just report what I have at my place. That's just how it is. You know, th- this year, the price of eggs actually dropped in, in California. So went California. down went down. The price of eggs actually went down 12%. So uh, your mileage may vary if you're out there in, uh, you know, Raleigh, North Carolina or somewhere else. I don't know, you know, I can't speak for Raleigh, North Carolina, but in Southern California, the price of eggs dropped 12% this year. How about that? That, that was yeah. the most, well, it's funny when you sent me the email ahead of time, that was where my eye went immediately because it's exactly what I wanted to know. And it was surprising. And I'm like, yeah. here we go. Yeah. yeah. There was another one, the biggest price drop of all. And you had a few price drops, which surprised me. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven ingredients at a price drop, but one dropped substantially. 
that would be salami, which just knocked my socks off. Now, when I started this survey, it, this is dry salami, by the way. When I started this survey 15 years ago, salami was rel- dry salami was very cheap. It was one of the cheapest meats on the survey. And the salami sandwich was generally right up there in the top two or three every year for the first four or five years. And then something happened and the price of dry salami skyrocketed and it stayed up there for probably six, seven, eight, nine years. And then lately, the past few years, the price is coming down again for dry salami. And this year is no different. It came, the price of dry salami came down almost 60% this year. Yeah. Do you remember if there was a sale? Was part of that a sale? Well, uh, I believe it was on sale and it was a national brand dry salami, oh. by the way. So oh. um, I, I won't mention the name, but it was a national brand salami. And, uh, you know, I don't know, but it was a shocker. And it really helped the uh, salami sandwich move up in the rankings this year. Next ones, you two that went down 20%. Bologna went down 20%. Yeah, which is, uh, again, that's another shocker. I, I, frankly, I really expected, Joe, that to see... I didn't expect to see this many prices actually fall from the previous yeah. year. I really did. I was, that was the biggest shock to me. All these green uh, on my chart here, all, all the green ones that indicate a price drop. I, I, really a shock. And bologna was another one. I really thought that the price of that was going to go up, but it didn't. And I will say this, you know, bologna is historically, a lot of people think, well, it's expensive. It's if you price per pound, it's, you know, it's $15 a pound. Well, maybe so, but in terms of, the economy, it's always, it's always been the most economical sandwich meat or, or right up there. So uh, just because the price per pound, you know, it's expensive, it doesn't mean you can't make a lot of sandwiches out of it. Yeah, there's been a fight on this end of the survey for a long time. Let's, let's cut to the sandwiches for just a second, which we're going to come back to. And the fight has been between bologna and one other sandwich for the least mm-hmm. expensive sandwich year after yep. year. year after I was wondering year. which one's going to be. And uh, what's the other one? That is always usually cheap. It's the PB&J. So that's the eternal battle from year to year. It's like, which one's going to come out on top or, or tie? And there's been several years where they've actually tied. But uh, yeah, so that, those are the two generally. And it used to be, like I said, it used to be salami was in there too. Not quite as cheap, but it was right up there in the top three usually. And then it fell out for many years. And now that's uh, salami's making a comeback. It, it certainly is. So I immediately then, of course, if you tell me that bologna is one of the ones where the price drop, I'm looking for other green and I see it up there at peanut butter, peanut butter yep. also down. And I'm like, we got to fight, but it's going to be a fight, but not so fast because peanut butter was gainsayed by what? By the strawberry jelly that went up, you know, so peanut butter dropped 16%, but the jelly went up 25%. Saying, so, Yeah. So the suspense builds. It, it, absolutely. <laughs> People sitting on the edge of their seat, driving to work or, or oh, walking, I know they the, can't. walking the dog. They're like, honey, you got to shut up. They're about to get to, to cheddar cheese. <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk about the cheeses because it looks like in general, cheeses also uh, went up uh, in some cases substantially. It, it, the cheese went up this year. Uh, the American and cheddar uh, actually both went up more than Swiss. American went up 25%, cheddar went up 36%, which is interesting because the previous couple of years, American and cheddar were very stable, their prices. Now, on the other hand, Swiss actually only went up 9% this year. However, the price of Swiss cheese over the past three years has just gone through the roof. And uh, it's totally outpaced the price of cheddar and American cheeses going up. So 
when you look at a longer time frame. Yeah, when you look at the longer time frame, the price of Swiss has, has far outpaced the price of American and cheddar cheeses. I don't know why. Maybe there's a shortage of Swiss cheese in Switzerland. I don't know what, what's going on there, but yes. But, what's but going this on year, Switzerland? Swiss, yeah, but this year, the Swiss actually had the lowest price of the three cheeses, the, the lowest price increase. Can I say this? I don't have the other years in front of me that you and I have talked about it here because you've been so nice to share this with us as it comes out on mm-hmm. on the Stacky Benjamin Show. But I don't remember many years where the survey was this moody in general. It seems like in, right. in other years, Len, there have been a lot of single-digit changes. Yeah. And this year, up or down, everything except for uh, Swiss cheese, which went up nine, to your point, and mayonnaise, which somehow stayed the same, Besides that, they're all double digits either way. Yeah, it's it's really, it's, it was a very interesting survey this year. I, I don't know. The volatility was just, was off the charts, just totally off the charts. Now, bread is an essential ingredient here, and the price of bread did not stay the same either. There was a big change there. Yeah, bread, the price of bread has is, it's reached its highest point since, uh, gosh, I think it was 2018, five years ago. It's up to dollar, it, the, the the bread it was a dollar went to dollar ninety nine. It, it the price went up thirty four percent this year, which was a huge move. It, it like I said, it, the high point of all time was twenty eighteen. I guess inflation adjusted, it was even you know that's even higher. But um, it, since twenty eighteen, the price of bread was had dropped. At one point, I think it got to ninety nine cents. Um, but now we're wow. back up. Yeah, now we're back up to double that. Um, it wasn't ninety nine cents last year, but it went from dollar ninety nine down to ninety nine, and now it's worked its way back up to a dollar ninety nine for a loaf of wheat bread. Before this year, Len, have you had the price of anything in a single year double? Yes. Before this yes, year? Yes, uh, it's rare, but it's happened. And, and in this survey, it happened, uh, well, we- Twice. We had, it happened twice. There was two items where, well, one item, it went up, uh, what did it do? It went up three, four, three and a half. Yeah, three, which actually that's uh, four and a half times. Yeah, went up four and a half, just out, yeah. Should we talk Monster. about that one? Yeah, well, let's start with it. No, we got to leave more suspense. Let's start with the one that doubled first because this was okay. This was uh, was a surprise. Okay, so the tomato, the price of the tomato, which uh, uh, had actually doubled from last year. I don't know. Again, I don't know if that's a local issue or not. I mean, California is the breadbasket of fruits and vegetables for America. So I, I assume if the price went up, uh, doubled here, it probably doubled all across America as well. So, uh, but yeah, that was a big ouch. For the at least for the BLT lovers, I remember growing up. Tomatoes were something that my family really liked growing, and that number makes me want to go out and start growing my tomatoes again. Like yes. that—that's something that pays, and nothing tastes better on a sandwich. Oh almost any sandwich than a tomato. Oh yeah, I grow them at home. Well, I stopped. <laughs> I stopped a couple of years ago because the squirrels were eating all of them, so they were getting more of them than I was. But uh, I, I should start up again, especially with after seeing that this doubling, uh, this doubling of the price. Yes. I got enough trouble keeping the squirrels out of my bird feeder. Like, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and by the way, a friend of mine told me about this cool a mix for birds that's like a hot mix. And apparently squirrels do not like the hot, right? And it burns them so they don't eat it. And the birds don't have that hot meter. So if you, if you put this hot mix in, so I did it. The first bag goes great. And oh my God, Len, we had so many birds, no squirrels. It was amazing. The second the second bag I got about halfway through, the squirrels like, and just- yeah, right. <laughs> They are so clever. They are so clever. And I got to say, the honeybee, she has a particular squirrel. She's even named it Rita. And she puts the food out for it every day now. She's got a little mini squirrel 
picnic table that and she puts all oh the goodies goodness. in there and we're when we it is pretty fun we get to experiment with what they like uh, rita likes uh she she loves we found she loves of course avocado she loves and uh, we just recently found she likes sourdough toast she just absolutely loves sourdough toast so she you're making you're making your squirrel gourmet <laughs> lunches <laughs> With the animals around the pencil yeah. house get gourmet yeah. food. We just found out that the squirrel loves avocado toast. It's the most amazing thing. The, the squirrel squirrels. loves peanut butter, but only on rye. Only on rye. Ah, she's weird. cute. She's worth it. That's fabulous. Yeah, it, it was funny. I looked out the window one day after I filled the bird feeder. And what the squirrel does is that I fill this bird feeder, of course, has only little tiny holes, and I put it out on a branch that the squirrel can't really balance on very easy. So I have set this thing up. I look at it, Len, the squirrel jumps over to the bird feeder and holds onto the bottom and just shakes the hell out of it with its own body weight <laughs> to get it all on the ground. They are amazing. They're amazing <laughs> creatures. You know, I, I put just, chicken wire, I had put chicken wire on my tomatoes. It didn't matter. They still got to them. They're so industrious. It's just, if they want something, they're going to get it. <laughs> well, I don't know if you've seen any of the videos of raccoons. I mean, raccoons are the same. Just, just amazing yeah. what they can do. Of course, <laughs> raccoons have that opposable thumb, so they're they're rocking. Hey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everybody's like, uh, guys, sandwiches. Say we're talking sandwiches. Oh, that's right, we are talking about. Okay. <laughs> All right, so the one though that went up three hundred and fifty percent last year. Yeah, the, and this is by far this is the biggest ever of any ingredient in fifteen years. Turkey went up three hundred and fifty percent. It's just, I was absolutely, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I was never, I, I kept looking. I was like, am I missing something here? And I was looking at the, I was in the uh, deli section there. And I was like, there, something was missing. I checked all of the prices. It was the cheapest one I had, 350 So that means the other, the more, the, the name brand turkeys were even more expensive. They're just, they're just unbelievable. And and I, be, I so I did a little research and apparently there's the, the bird flu affected turkey this year uh, uh. significantly. So that is the reason why at least as far as I can tell, that probably explains the huge, huge increase. So I expect next year that'll come, we'll, we'll probably see a similar drop in the opposite direction because it's it's really an anomaly. You know, you hear every year that uh, around Thanksgiving, you hear the stat that, you know, Turkey has that, what, I think it's called tryptophan, which puts you to sleep, right? Yeah. It makes you sleep. So, yeah. it, and it clearly, by the way, at Thanksgiving, it's not overeating at all that makes you sleep. <laughs> I just want to be clear. It's got to be the tryptophan, not the fact that I had 14 things of uh, <laughs> of, of, of that that uh, green bean casserole with all the, the onion stuff oh, on top. I'm just usually scraping the onion stuff and feeding it right into my mouth, you know, and then nobody else wants to eat it. I claim it as my own, but that number does not put me to sleep was the yeah. point. No, 350. It, it, it gets your attention. Yeah. I, I, it'll be interesting to see next year. I'm sure that number is going to come just as big a move in the opposite direction. All right. We know the fight is at the bottom between bologna and peanut butter and jelly. We have not talked about the top end. So let's just go to the sandwiches and let's do the 10 most expensive sandwiches. All right. So we will start with number six on the list and work our way down to the most expensive, which will be number 10, the most expensive. So number six on the list is. And then this is kind of interesting after we just talked about a 350% increase in the price of Turkey. Turkey is, it's all relative, right? It still came in at number six 
despite the Turk and Swiss, despite that 350 percent increase. But last year it says here, Len, it was fourth cheapest. Correct. It was so it went from four. fourth cheapest to six. So it yes. made a big. It went up 92 percent this year, thanks to that 350 percent increase in the price of turkey. These turkey sandwich almost doubled, and it still came in sixth. Turkey, Swiss, mayonnaise, and uh, wheat bread. And mayo, yes. Seventh on the list, the fourth most expensive sandwich. Uh, the fourth most is the ham and Swiss, believe it or not. And it, the price of it, it went up 22%. Real quick before we talk about what you just mentioned, the ingredients, because uh, this comes up every year too. It's like when I build these sandwiches, I build them with so much mayo, whether they have mayo, they have mustard, uh, how many servings of each is listed here in my um, breakdown. And it's the same every year. And I hear it, you know, but that's not how I make a turkey sandwich. That's not how I make it. You know what? It doesn't matter how you make it. You can make it however you want to make it. But for the purposes of pricing, I had to come to some standard and I made it. Consistency. And you can just, consistency. And for example, if you put tomato on your turkey sandwich, you know, you can build it yourself from all my ingredients and you can figure out what it costs, <laughs> you know, but yeah, please no more, no more emails on how you make a sandwich versus how I make a sandwich. If you're analytical enough to be bitching about lead sandwich survey, <laughs> like go, go build your oh, own. There's lots of people. Let's like, you'd go be build your own. <laughs> I get the same thing with the strawberry jam. What do you, who makes a bologna, oh. you know, who makes a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, a strawberry jam. It's grape it's jelly. So gross. You know, whatever. Yeah. So, right. I'm the one person, by the way, whenever my son comes home, we go to Waffle House and, and, uh, I just love a greasy Waffle House breakfast, but, but I feel like, you know, they always say, do you want jelly with that? And I always go with my toast and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do. And they're like, what kind? And I look at her like, what is there? Do I care? <laughs> like, do I do it? No, no, I'm on the opposite end. I'm like, oh, you really? Like it's like, <laughs> But then, but then seriously, to your point, Len, then she looks at me like, who are you that you don't care? And then I feel like I'm deficient in some way that I don't care enough whether I get mixed berry. Oh, mixing the two. <laughs> or, or I get my strawberry or my grape. Like, oh, my poison Denny's berry. hates me because when I go there, I, I end up eating three or four of the jellies packets that are right there that they leave on the table there before, you know, yeah. whether I'm eating a hamburger or whatever I'm getting from there. They can count on three or four jelly uh, things being uh, eaten by me. Eaten, or if you're there for a hamburger, do you mean mysteriously gone? Yes, which mysteri- means it just no, made I eat them. Your no, I op- I open them up and suck the jelly right out of those little <laughs> things. <laughs> Led calls the jelly by itself an appetizer. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. delicious. <laughs> What's that hamburger helper quote? The one from uh, from vacation right where he's like don't know why they call it hamburger helper because it works fine on its own like <laughs> yeah Len's like who needs peanut butter and and bread when you can just suck the jelly <laughs> but we digress again no, we we did again uh the third most expensive and by the way ham and swiss just to finish this off ham and swiss Obviously, wasn't as dramatic this year. Swiss cheese stayed about the same. Of course, that's the same on both the turkey and Swiss and the ham and Swiss. Yeah. But that price of ham is still more expensive than the price of turkey, even though turkey yes. tripled. Yes. I, it, and yet in my head, Len, in my head, I think a turkey is a little bit more exotic, you know, than ham. Ham is just a- It's amazing. Turkey is a really cheap meat, generally. I mean, just, I mean, how many meats can take a 350% price increase and still be, you know- you get a sandwich for a buck thirty-eight. Three hundred fifty. We take a three hundred fifty percent beating, and yeah. it still yeah. is better yeah. than ham. <laughs> I can see the turkey. Hey, we're still beating ham. That's all <laughs> I got to tell you. Well, they got by two cents this year, so they better yeah. be careful. 
It'll be interesting to see what happens if there is no bird flu, if that price goes down or now that it's, st- will it be sticky? You know what I mean? Yes. You know? Uh, all right. The third most expensive sandwich. This is one of my favorites is the roast beef and cheddar. Heaven. Uh, came in the buck 84. So now we're getting into the kind of the real pricey sandwiches here. Uh, yeah, but big uh, jump. The ham and cheese was a, a, a buck forty, so we just jumped forty four cents. Yeah, but but that being said, the price of the roast beef and cheddar this year came down six percent, and that was helped by the price of roast beef falling seventeen percent. Third in the category of biggest price drop, by the way, six percent. Third biggest price drop of any. Uh, it stays at number eight though, because it, yes. it kind of is a no man land. It's it's way more expensive than ham and Swiss. And way less expensive than the number two most expensive sandwich, which is the tuna salad sandwich. Yes, the price. And again, this is like roast beef. The price actually fell sixteen percent. So the cost per sandwich for the roast beef was a dollar eighty four. The cost of the tuna salad this year was two thirty eight, which was cheaper than last year. Um, and tuna had been up until last year. It had been on a tear going up. Remember the price. Uh, Pretty close to doubled over a two-year period, I think. And then this year, it's worked its way back down a little bit. So I think last year, it went up 84%. Uh, this year, it's down 16%. And the most expensive sandwich of all. Absolutely. This is my favorite. Matter of fact, I'm going to have this for dinner tonight. Is the BLT. Boy, but this uh, at price. five bucks. It's getting up to five, five bucks. bucks. Yes, 46% increase. This is the first time a, a sandwich has ever touched five bucks in the survey. Before anybody gags on that, though. It's a great sandwich. I mean, it's a filling. It's healthy, very tasty. And this is something I've I've always compared it to the Big Mac. I've always looked at the a la carte price, the average a la carte price of a Big Mac from McDonald's. And it's always been well below the price of that. Well, this year I thought it might give the Big Mac the average price a run for its money. Uh, It's actually still at $5.15 cheaper than a Big Mac. And a a whole lot healthier for you too. Let's go the other way. Uh, the fifth cheapest sandwich, which is just cheaper than turkey and Swiss. Yeah, the egg salad. So there you go, Joe. It's, the price fell 3% this year. It came in at 96. It's one of five sandwiches this year that you could make for under a buck. And that number has stayed the same for the past three years as well. So for the last three years, believe it or not, despite the inflation, five sandwiches have on the survey have you can get for a buck or less. I think that I think for me this is the big wow of the entire survey. All the talk this year about eggs and the price of eggs, and in your survey, the yeah. price of eggs went down. The price of an egg salad sandwich went down or up <laughs> less than any other sandwich on this list, but one. Yeah, it's really <laughs> ironic. It really is. I mean, all the memes you saw about you yes. know, eggs being so expensive. We could have it's been just, talking yeah. about turkey. We could have been talking about bacon. We could have been talking about tomatoes. Yeah. But we were talking about eggs. And yeah. to your point, eggs did nothing. Uh, eggs. All right. <laughs> <laughs> top top four. Uh, fourth cheapest sandwich was? The American cheese or the grilled cheese, however you want to look at it. The price actually went up 24%, uh, but still, it's one of the perennial cheap sandwiches as well. So that uh, 87 cents this year. In the big scheme of things, going up 24% this year, not a huge deal because like, you know, we talked about Turkey and Swiss up 92%, BLTs up 46%. However, it was third last year, but it was its move up coupled with the number three sandwiches moved down. Number three sandwich down 50%. The price of the sandwich cut in half, it was... Salami, and it moved from number seven, so a big mover. Number number three came up from seven to moved up four spots. Eighty cents this year for a salami sandwich. Back in its rightful place of where it was when I first started this survey, 
you know, the first three or four years, it was right up there, top three usually. And then it fell out to the bottom and now it's back. Looks like it's making a move back up into the top three. Man, it's got a long way to go because it's... Oh yeah, uh, it sure does. <laughs> the last two are a penny apart. We we previewed this earlier. We've got PB&J and Baloney. If you were listening closely, I think you already know the winner, but let's build a bunch of excitement here. <laughs> number two, last year's number one is... The PB&J. So the PB&J had climbed to the top, it, un, it dethroned Bologna, and uh, it uh, fell back this year. By only a penny, but it fell back. 48 cents for a sandwich. 48 cents. One of two sandwiches less than 50 cents to make. Correct. And number one, reclaiming the, the crown. The king of sandwiches, the bologna sandwich. Just to give you an idea of how dominant usually bologna is, in 15 years, it has been number one or tied for number one 13 times. Only twice has it been completely out of the top position. Last year was one of them, and it's right back where it started from again. So baloney's back, ladies and gentlemen. Baloney is back. There's <laughs> there, there's the headline. Baloney's back. <laughs> hey, if I can give just, you know, if how does this all relate to inflation? You know, we've talked about, you know, food inflation over the past year or two. So let me give you some some numbers based on just on a sandwich. So in 2010, the average price of all 10 sandwiches on my list, I, I take the add up all the prices divided by 10. It was 84 cents. That was in 2010. Can we go, yeah. Can we go actually back one more year? Cause I know you started this in 29 and it looks like what it's 86 or 87. It was 80, yeah. It was like 80, it was 86 cents in 09. So in, in the second year that the price fell, it went to 84 cents. So now we are at a dollar 56. So basically we've almost doubled the price compared to last year, that's 9% higher than last year. So over two years, it's 38% higher. And since 2018, it's 64% higher. So since 2018, the price of the sandwich is up uh, 64%, the, the average price of the 10 sandwiches. But it's interesting though, Len, because, and, and I'm glad you brought this up because I think this is another big point is that when we talk about inflation, you know, this 3%, 4% inflation number, not a straight line. When we were sitting in 2018, you know, inflation on a sandwich really didn't look like it was a lot. Prices had come back down. And so you're yeah. still sitting at uh, what, 94, 95 cents yeah. in 2018? Yeah. And, and prices, it's funny how if uh, you can come to the article and you can see all the graphs and how it's all laid out. But the prices kind of went up and down until 2014. And then starting in 2014, the prices just kept falling. It peaked at $1.20 in 2014. Prices fell to, like you said, 96 percent, I mean, 96 cents in 2018. And they've been going up ever since. So, But they've really started climbing in 2021. So, Boy, yeah, looking at the really the pandemic, second half of the pandemic Correct. there, you just look at boom. Yep. yep. But what's interesting to me about this is that, you know, they say – if you use uh, 4% as your inflation numbers, it's been a good long-term inflation number people have used, uh, use the rule of 72. And so four divided into 72, 18, 18 years you've got there. So about every, roughly every 18 years, prices doubled. So, you know, as a rule of thumb, we say the prices double every 18 years. And it looked from your survey like it was going to be way off a few years ago, yeah. Len. And now... In 2023, we're at it's 14 tracking. years. Yeah, we're, we're, we're tracking. You know, and if it levels off a little bit again, which after periods of high inflation, you sometimes get periods of level off, we could be right on 18 years, the price of a sandwich being double. Yep. That's the beauty of having a survey over such a long period of time. I mean, 
it smooths out the ups and downs over time. So it's nice to see such a long time period here. We can actually, you can start to see things as yeah. they really are in the long term, as opposed to these short-term fluctuations that don't really tell you anything. So like the price of turkey, you can't make a judgment on the price of turkey because the price of turkey went up 350% this year. Just you need that long, lots of data over a long time frame to, to really analyze it properly. It is truly starting to come into its own. Len, this is not the only quirky thing that you do at lenpenso.com. You, you are always up to something. What else is coming up? Oh, you know what? It's just uh, the usual stuff, Joe. I it just stop on by. I do all kinds of things. I do taste test challenges where I take my family and uh, we do blind taste tests versus national brands versus store brands. And those are always surprising results as well. Well, almost always. Um, so those are interesting. I, you know, I just do the offbeat stuff at uh, Len Penzo. It's not your traditional, normal personal finance blog. So it's kind of offbeat, but uh, you know what? I just try to make it a little different. You're going to learn a lot. You're going to have a lot of fun and you get to get Len Penzo's amazing writing. Len, thanks for sharing the survey with us again this year, my friend. And by the way, we'll have a link if you want to look at the whole thing on our show notes page at stackybenjamins.com. You can actually read the thing without our squirrel commentary, which we're not going to charge anybody extra for. Thanks for hanging out, Len. Thanks, all. This is Aaron from Colorado Springs. And when I'm not teaching three boys how to patch hockey stick holes in drywall, I'm stacking Benjamins. Hey, let's throw out Haven Lifeline and tackle some of life's greatest questions. Our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency, Doug, they put what you value first. Good barber. <laughs> good. good barber. I got a good barber. Got a good small town barber. But uh, I just got a cut and he got a little aggressive. Oh. He got a little I think, you know, it's good conversation. He's a fan of the show. And we just were having this great conversation and I just didn't really realize that he got he's going to hear this and the out. last thing i want is somebody with a sharp object that could be aimed at my neck near your star's head back, yeah. of my, <laughs> back of my head no he's a great dude i don't even think he has a last name though he's just don the barber like i think his last name is t-h-a-b-a-r-b-e-r that's how he is in my phone <laughs> just the barber and uh and he's a great guy and i love talking to him and i worked for like years to get some longer hair, because you need to do that if you're going to get the comb over that I'm trying to achieve. <laughs> and he just, like, years of work, gone. You know what's bad, OG? Is when Doug's talking about how different his hair is. Did you even notice? No. I had no idea. No, I didn't really. God. <laughs> no, no, That's what's wrong with this marriage. You don't looks, notice the little things. It looks drastically different, Doug. It looks drastically God. different than before. Uh, what you value first is your loved ones and your time with great hair, apparently. It's why they made buying quality term life insurance actually simple at Haven Life. You go to stackybedjamins.com slash Haven Life now and you'll get a free quote at Haven Life. They're offering insurance the modern way. It's very quick. OG, you and I have complained before that, uh, man, in the old days, it would take forever to go through these life insurance applications. Now it's all smooth. It's all online. No waiting several weeks for a decision. Super customer support and... Their company's backed by Mass Mutual, more than a 160-year-old insurer, so you know they've seen whatever you're working on before. Uh, today, let's uh, go ahead and throw out the lifeline. Say hello, lucky caller. Hi, Joe and OG and Doug. This is Joanne <laughs> from Las Vegas. Yes, you can hear from my accent that I'm not originally from Las Vegas. And no, this is not Doug doing an amazing impression of a British 
female. Love her. My question is a simple one. I always hear from OG and from other podcasts, not as good as this one, that money you need within the next five years should not be put in the stock market. It should be kept in a high yield savings account or similar, easily accessible product. My question is, I already have money in the stock market, but I want to be able to use it next year. I have around $85,000 and I plan to buy a third investment property next year. So my question is, when your money is already in the stock market, but you want to use it within the next five years, do you take it out now or do you wait and hope that there hasn't been a crash when it's time to take it out? Thanks for all the great education and for all of the American cultural references. <laughs> Look forward to hearing the answer. <clears throat> Sorry, I got to get rid of that voice out of my head. I'll go back to my normal voice. Thank you, Joanne. That's fabulous. Thanks for calling in. And oh, gee, this is a great question for a lot of people. So the goals change. Maybe you didn't think you were going to need the money in the next five years. And then suddenly an opportunity strikes for Joanne or for another stacker. Um, take it out now or, or wait and hope. Ultimately, I think the litmus test is this. So if you have $80,000, you need $80,000 in 12 months from now, what's the most that the market could go down in the next 12 months? And you could see 20%, right? You could see 30% decline. So my question is, is that if your money's invested and you've got 80K and a year from now you go to take the money out and it's gone down to 50K, can you still do what you want to do with it? Or do you have to put that on hold now because your 80 is now 50? And probably what happens along the way, just from a behavioral standpoint, is it never sees 50. It goes from 80 to 79 to 78 to 76 to 74 to 68, and you go, oh, I, I, I got to take this money out. And then you take it out. And then, of course, the market rebounds and goes from 68 to back to 80, and you don't participate in that. So you've got a higher likelihood of the market going up over the next year, right? There's a 7 in 10 chance that that will happen. But there's a 3 in 10 chance that, it's, that it goes down. And if your money goes down with it, are you okay with postponing that goal until you're back to where you need to be? Because that's ultimately what's going to happen. If it goes to 50, you're just not going to do the project then. Yeah. Or, or you, you know, you, you do a different type of project or you, you know, maybe the requisite, you know, in her case, she says she wants to buy a rental property. Maybe the market, the real estate market has gone down equally. So you're still making a similar down payment amount, um, you know, percentage wise or something on, on the deal. But from the standpoint of goal attainment, which is ultimately the only thing that anybody really cares about, right? We, we, we use measuring sticks along the way of, you know, investment performance or, you know, God awful fee structures or whatever it may be as just things that we can put against the wall and say, you know, how am I doing? But really the only thing we care about is, can I accomplish a goal that I want to accomplish, right? We don't care if we get 9% a year or 8% a year, as long as you don't run out in retirement or as long as the kids go to school without having any student loans or whatever's, you know, whatever you're working on. So if all you care about is goal attainment, or if that's your major focus, which I think is what it should be, then I don't know why you would put in jeopardy goal attainment for an extra little bit percent, especially in today's market, by the way, right? Because from a savings account standpoint, you're getting four or 5% interest anyway. So it's not like it's sitting in the bank doing nothing like three years ago, where it literally was, you know, earning 0% yeah. interest. Yeah. I mean, you're going to go make 5%. Go get a one-year CD, you know, go to deposit accounts, 
you know, we talk about all the time, depositaccounts.com. You can put in, here's where I live and here's the time frame I'm looking for. Go find a CD at a local credit union. It's in your area. It's paying 5% interest. So you're going to go make some money. You're just not going to make 10% or you're not going to make 30 or you're not going to lose 30, right? So if we look at it from the perspective of what am I trying to accomplish? If you've reached that goal, I don't know why you'd continue to put it at risk. Unless it truly is something that you just don't, you know, you're like, whatever happens, happens, right? I don't care whether or not I buy a car next year or in three years, the market's good next year, I'll buy one. If it sucks, I'll let it sit, you know, then that's fine. Generally, it's safer too to sell in an up market than to pray that it, uh, that you get this big miraculous turnaround. So while a lot of people will go, well, I'm not moving it while the market's going up because you can't predict the top. This is generally, I mean, barring anything happen, ha- happening between the time we record this and the time you hear it on Wednesday or after, certainly the market's had a very nice run. And so to lock in those gains, OG, I think toward a goal that's as short as hers is just makes a ton of sense. Yeah. And then just don't Monday morning quarterback yourself because if the market continues to tear up, and it very well might... I think you go, you know what? I made the best decision not knowing what the future was going to hold. Yeah, because goal attainment is the thing that matters. It is the thing that matters. Back to, And I like that as your North Star, because you're right. That truly takes away all this guesswork, all this Vegas guess. Speaking of joy in Vegas and living in Vegas, this Vegas guesswork they do. The roulette wheel. Oh, what's the hottest thing? You don't got to do any of that. Oh, I didn't think about that as an idea. 80 grand can get you a lot of blackjack time. Yeah. Joanne, we could turn into 160 right down the street from you. I know. A 35 to 1 on roulette. Yeah. You could turn it into like 5 million, 4 million. Yeah. One spin. Just do it all at once. Be yeah. efficient with your time. Let's put it this way, Joanne. Either way, the goal's taken care of. Either, right. Either way. One, yeah. Your goal is much bigger or you no longer care. Like yeah. it's, it is. Yeah, yeah seen, done. Uh, complete side note, Doug, I've, I've seen something that they are uh, adding another zero to the roulette wheel, a triple zero. I'm interested to know, normally I would do this math in my head, but I'm focused on the show, so I won't do it. But I'm interested to know, what does that do to the probabilities for all of the rest of the spots? Does it do anything Makes them suckier. Yeah, <laughs> it I does. It probably has a huge effect. It probably has a limited effect, but in aggregate, eh. A gigantic effect. Of tons and tons and tons of spins because they're yeah. playing the we're spinning a lot game and you're playing the we're spinning once game. It's small for you and huge for them. Yeah. This won't surprise OG at all. Maybe not you either, Joe, because you know that I have relatively low risk tolerance, but the most money I ever won gambling, which I've done maybe 15 times in my life, we were in Reno, no, North Tahoe, and all I did was bet red or black all night long. And? and ended up winning like 700 bucks. There you go. Foolproof strategy. Couldn't have been simpler. Only I kept always kept my capital back and only bet what I was winning on each previous hand and uh, or spin. And uh, I was with my big brothers. And of course, you know what happened then at the end of the night, they both lost their shirt. So it was, Doug, you're buying dinner. You're buying dinner. <laughs> yeah. There goes all the winnings. There it went. Joanne, thanks so much for the call and uh, for the humor. And uh, you know what? For being brave and calling in, we are sending you to Parade Around Vegas, a Stacking Benjamin's Greatest Money Show on Earth t-shirt. You think those Cirque du Soleil shirts are really cool? This one is suitable for framing or just wearing, and you get it for calling Can you in. imagine someone actually framed one of the Stacking yes. Benjamin's? You know, like they have the jerseys 
like the Troy Aikman jersey that's signed like in the game room. And it's like there's just one stacking Benjamin's t-shirt just hanging in a frame. Well, should do this that. was this was you too. Uh, oh, we could give it, that away. That's at Economy, idea. both years I was at Economy and you were there the first year. We signed some t-shirts. Oh yeah. Yeah, there oh, yeah. well, OG are some uh hanging We could in totally give that away as a uh if if your kid's school is having one of those like golf benefit things where at the yes. end you auction stuff off. You're often we'll, stuff off the people from people you don't know. Yeah, reach Nobody out knows. to us. We'll sign a t all three of us will sign a t-shirt and and we will it's just out of the goodness of our hearts, we will donate it to your kid's school so that it can raise a bunch of great money. And we just blew the budget for the next four months. Everybody make With sure. The- <laughs> Mailing that shirt between the three mailing, of us. Mailing that one shirt. Yeah. All right. Thanks for the question, Joanne. If you've got a question for us, stackingbenjamins.com slash voicemails, where you go, that's stackingbenjamins.com slash voicemail. Hey, coming up on the community calendar tonight, I will be on Instagram with a woman, OG, who restores furniture. She goes to garage sales, yard sales, and she fixes up furniture, flips it. She has 186,000 followers. Oh, I on, thought you meant like she was really pissed. And when she just got really mad, she just like started flipping t- chairs flipping over. It. Flipping the no, chairs. No, we're not talking about tables. the Doug version of flipping, right? When, <laughs> I do that all Doug, the time. Doug flipped out when Len didn't bring the sandwiches. That was a sight to behold. Uh, but no, she, she makes a lot of money doing it. She also has a lot of fun and there's a lot of creativity. We're going to talk to Adriana Camacho tonight on Instagram. That's at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Uh, We're going to have some fun on Instagram this afternoon. If you want to find out all the places where we have uh, social media and we chat with people like you, head to stackingbenjamins.com slash welcome. And that's our welcome guide that has all of our channels. We'll we'll be doing a live Friday roundtable here in the next few weeks on the Fireside app, which will also be simulcast on YouTube. We're excited to get back to some live shows on Fireside. All right. I think that is it for the community calendar, except this much more important than uh, flipping furniture is what if you need to flip your strategy to something that actually works with your financial plan? And that's the reason you're here is because you need better help in your corner. Well, a genius team are taking clients. So if you're looking for better help, stackybenjamins.com slash OG, that is their calendar for you to begin to interface with OG's team to make better financial decisions here as we roar into the fall. I can't believe all the kids going back to school. It's crazy. Yep. Where did it go? Stackingbenjamins.com slash OG. All right. That's it for today. Uh, except this. A lot of takeaways. Doug, what are our top three? Well, Joe, first, take some advice from Len Penzo. Want to save money? Try packing your own lunch for work. Sure, it's often more expensive than last year, but still less expensive than hitting up a restaurant. Second, maybe you need to pay attention to our headline. Clean up your credit and life gets a lot less expensive. What's even less expensive than that? Not needing credit at all. But the big lesson? Turns out, you don't have to demand Len pays for a trip to the Sizzler. He's upgrading the entire Len experience for all of us. He's taking us all to Benihana. Come on, guys. Let's watch that dude choo-choo the onions, if you know what I mean. Thanks to Len for joining us today. You can find out more about all things sandwich survey at lenpenzo.com. We'll also include links in our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2023, and is created by Joe Salcihai. Our producer is Karen Repine. 
This show was written by Lacey Langford, who's also the host of the Military Money Show, with help from me, Joe, and Doc G from the Earn and Invest podcast. Kevin Bailey helps us take a deeper dive into all the topics covered on each episode in our newsletter called The 201. You'll find the 411 on all things money at The 201. Just visit stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Tina Eichenberg makes the video version of this show. Once we bottle up all this goodness, we ship it to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart. Steve helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to chat with friends about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude and Kate Yunkin are our social media coordinators, and Gertrude is the room mother in our Facebook group called The Basement. So say hello when you see us posting online. To join all the basement fun with other stackers, type stackingbenjamins.com basement. Not only should you not take advice from these nerds, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you next time back here at the Stacking Benjamin Show. By the way, I watched Your Honor, the final season. There's oh, not going to be another season. It? Yeah. The ending is so freaking stupid. Oh. Is it, oh, don't you hate it when it's going so yeah. well? The ending of one is awesome. The ending of two, I'll just tell you. You mean season two? Season two. Yeah. Is like a five minute montage of like just film instead of like culminating into this big dramatic event. You know, it's like it just shows like everybody going on in their direction of where they would be going next as if they're like, oh, crap, we only have 10 episodes. Oh, shoot. Nobody told us that. OK, uh, let's wrap it up. Uh, let's get some B-roll. Of you driving a car. Uh, let's get some B-roll. Of you you're going to be in the hospital. Uh, so let's let's you lay in the hospital. Um, you you have an evil laugh and uh, look over the city. Let's do that. And um, uh, and you lay in the ditch because you're dead. You know, it's like, what, 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 what? It's like the end of Game of Thrones. What? So, yeah, kind of a letdown. I want, I want to talk about this show right here. Let's listen. Two days ago, a strike team assassinated President Udo. And yet, you cannot prove that we weren't involved. Doesn't that concern you? No, sir. It terrifies me. You need to manage this, Jack. Yes, sir. What are you going to tell him? This corruption goes way higher than the CIA. Hey, buddy. Say welcome. I figured we could use the help. Wish me luck. Good luck. So they're getting the team back together for Jack Ryan's Jack Ryan season, season four. four.
I have watched the first three episodes of this, and man, I hope that the end of this is not as bad as what you said about Your Honor, because I'm on this great roller coaster ride right now that is every bit as good as season season uh, one, two, and three. You sure you want to talk about this? Because I've watched it all, Joe, and I can ruin it for you. So are you sure you want to talk about if this? If it's show? not on the caliber of writing and, and whatnot of The Bachelor, then Doug <laughs> is out. I know. Just don't tell us like, oh, right after Jack Ryan dies, like don't spoil it. <laughs> Just say whether you thought it was good or not, whether it was worth now, it. Actually, I thought it was the third best of the four seasons. Oh, I thought was two the and worst three were season. much better. First season to me felt like a video game. It was fine, which it just ended I came back flat. It ended flat. The first season, season one. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, just all in all, I thought it was slightly above average. It was, it was it, mid. It brought me back. It was mid. So mid it brought me back for season two. Season two, I thought was a major step up season three, solid, probably on par with two and four. I was disappointed in. I have no re- recollection of one, two, or three, so I just was like, "All right, cool, I, another Jack." Ryan. Did you watch the whole thing, OG? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, you're just you finished. No it. I will say, yeah. Mike November is a great character. He has some great lines. I like that guy. Do you, mm. do you know who that is? Mike November. Uh, it, is that the guy who's been in every season who who comes back and helps out? Who's yeah, he's kind of he's a little shorter. He's bald. He was in House of Cards. The guy yeah, from House, House of Cards. Cards House of Cards. He was yeah, Doug. Yeah, yeah. No, he wasn't. Doug, but you're right. He was in House. No, of he Cards. was Doug. Was yeah. he Doug in House of Cards? He was Doug yeah. in House of Cards. Yeah. Yeah. I think him as the. Uh, he did a, a quick little bit in uh, Law Abiding Citizen, where, uh, which is probably one of my favorite movies. It's just so great. Such a such a whodunit flick. But anyways, when they're talking about the main character, he's he plays the spook CIA guy in that too, where he's like explaining, you know, this guy's background. He's got the ball cap on. They meet in a dark alley, which. That's the only place apparently CIA. Hey, can we can talk meet. about the Americans? Why do we want to talk about the Americans? Because <laughs> it's, it's that. Doug just tried to complete the bingo board for everybody. <laughs> yes. Uh, hey, I do have one more thing I want to talk about here in the after show before we say goodbye to everybody, which is you said that on Monday I made a mistake when Stephen was here about our new uh, writer, Lisa Curry, who's out oh. on tour and when she's going to be in Ann Arbor. I wanted to fix that. Uh, the other thing you need to fix is the adjectives you used around the word Ann Arbor, around the city name Ann Arbor. You got to well, fix I meant that stinky, too. Stinky, uh, horrible, oh. gross. I forgot to include those adjectives. I thought you were Sorry. going. Yeah. Uh, so Lisa's going to be yeah. there uh, next week. If you live anywhere near Ann Arbor, we'll be sending you an email if you get the 201. She's headlining on Friday and Saturday. And what is that? I think that is like two days from now, right? The 11th and 12th. She's that headlining is. the uh, a yeah. comedy event. She's headlining this weekend. So if it's not sold out, go grab your tickets to see Lisa live.
Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union can help you earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you could start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Considering a big home improvement project, maybe you want to consolidate debt. Well, if you're thinking consolidation, that's part of your plan. You could borrow up to 100% of your home's equity with a fixed rate home equity loan with zero closing cost or easily borrow as you go with a home equity line of credit. What I like, you make your plan first and then you use the appropriate instrument to get you there. And Navy Federal has them. Both options could help make life's big expenses seem more manageable. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA. Equal housing lender. Membership required. Terms and conditions apply. Loan subject to approval.